Hey guys, before we get rolling, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Chad Heckler. He reached out to us a couple of months ago, and like many of you said that we needed intro music, and he did something about it. He got us all in a group chat, talked with us about what we liked, what we didn't like, what we might want out of some intro music, and went to his studio and just absolutely knocked it out of the park. He did a couple different things for us, and was willing to work with us every step of the way, and... We we absolutely think that he killed it. We love the finished product here, and so if you like it, uh, just know that we had absolutely zero to do with it. This is all him. So, uh, big thank you to you, Chad. I appreciate it, buddy. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Alright guys, welcome back to the JTAC Precision Rifle Podcast. I'm Clay Blackity with Justin Watts, Tate Street, and Austin Orgain. Um, today we, uh, we're mainly going to be going over uh, questions that you guys have given us on Facebook on topics you want to hear about. So um, Austin's going to take the reins on this and get us rolling. Okay, so first question we had, we had quite a few guys uh, submit stuff. It seemed to be a pretty popular deal. <clears throat> what, how do we practice and what drills do we do when we do practice? So are we talking about now or are we talking about getting into it? Um, I'm going to say now. What you talk about practice. <laughs> we don't practice. We don't practice very much. I, I would say the majority of probably my rounds shot not in a match are just verifying dope, making sure my gun's shooting good. I think that's probably the most important thing you can do. If I was going to practice, it would be depending on the match. So if I was, like, for Punisher last year, I knew it was going to be shooting positional, so I practiced everything positional, and I hung up really small targets. Um, so, you know, if it was off a PRS barricade, I would hang a four-inch target. If I can hit that consistently over time, I'm not going to miss the, you know, PRS yeah. barricade. Uh, you did miss the PRS barricade target. <clears throat> yeah, because Austin's wind call sucked. <laughs> Um, his zero sucked. His yeah, zero sucked. more like it. Um, so for me, I I like to sometimes if I have a shot in a while, I like to get out and knock the rust off. But I think all of us will agree that now <clears throat> you don't have to practice off specific barricades and props. Basically, everything is just a different level. You can approach basically any positional shooting, any prop, anything like that, and just look at it at a height. When you run bags and you do a uh, basically a free recoil everything is just you just approach it all the same so it really doesn't take specific uh, props and things to practice off of just shoot off of something so going along with that i think we've asked each other a lot of times if you have you had 60 rounds get ready for a match i'm going to spend the majority of making sure my gun runs and make sure my data lines up which it normally does but it makes you feel good when you go to a match you know everything's lining up um and then I will usually spend 10 or 12 rounds off of a PRS barricade. doesn't matter what level. What I'm trying to do is train my mind to be comfortable. You know, it's just another shot. You know, let the crosshair settle um, and make a good follow-through. Um, I do not practice fast or timed when I practice or get ready for a match. I just want to make sure I pull 100% shots. I think a lot of people can mess up 
um, practicing fast. They get into motion and, you know, quality goes out of the window and, um, you know, they're trying to beat the buzzer or whatever. And I think that's the worst thing you can get into a habit. So I try to make hundred percent shots when I, when I get ready for a match. I think that's very important. I think if you put a timer on yourself, you're trying to force yourself to fit within a certain constraint. When, if you're not firing a shot, when you're comfortable, one that's going to hit, you're, you're wasting that shot. So You're, you're training yourself to settle for something that's not perfect for sure um you know whether you get that shot ready in five seconds 15 or 30 you need to be solid before you take it otherwise it's a waste and you can't trust that the information you get whether it's a hit or a miss um but yeah i mean i'm gonna shoot at 100 you know just two or three shots make sure that i'm within a foot of you know what my zero is um, i don't really care what it looks like where it hits um that i'm gonna you know, run my gun out, make sure that things are tracking. And then, like Tate said, I'm going to shoot the PRS barricade probably one time um, if I'm if I'm really going to be practicing. Just because, it, like like Austin said, every barricade's the same. They're just different heights. And you get four of them there, four different positions. And uh, I'm going to feel pretty confident if I get to run my gun out and shoot the PRS barricade before leaving, no matter what kind of match it is. You know, we get this question a lot on how we practice, and it's <clears> – <throat> I would say it's a little bit different for us because we've done it a lot. We've been there. Um, I know probably guys that are just starting or want to know how they need to practice. Um, I think I'm a pretty big believer in that you don't need to do a lot of volume. You just need to have really quality practice. So it's something where if you only have 40 or 50 rounds, you know, don't go out to practice and, and burn a ton of rounds, especially now with the, with the component shortage and everything. Take the minimum amount you can – to practice, but just get something out of that practice. Practice on one thing. If you're sucking at positional, practice all on one, you know, all on your positional. Um, and another thing too is like, like you guys were talking about practicing on the PRS barricade. Don't get on the PRS barricade and shoot two shots for every position because I was about to say that because it's more important to be able to tra- practice on your transitions, practice on setting up for that shot. If you hit it on the first shot, more than likely you're going to hit it on the second shot. So don't you don't have to burn any ammo. You can run that PRS barricade twice as many times shooting it with one shot per position versus two shots per position. I've been I, practicing my wind uh, quite a bit here lately, um, especially right before y'all's match. Um, and what I would do is I'll just go out, <clears throat> I'll pick a target, just look at a target. It doesn't matter where it's normally shot from on the range. I'll pick a target out, get a wind call on it, shoot at it. If I miss, make a good correction, hit, and then I'll move on to another target. Uh, getting a wind call on that single target, shoot at it. If I hit, great. If I don't, make a correction and then move on to a different target. That's what I was going to say. I usually try to um, – I have about a – I don't even – I think it's a five-inch at 400 yards. I shoot off the PRS barricade. And if I shoot twice from the same position, I either missed it and I'm trying to make a perfect correction to center or, you know, something or another – didn't I didn't see where it was, but I'm not just going to sit there and waste rounds, um, you know, pop in the center. Something I would say on practicing, make sure you bring your ammo to practice. Um, last year when I was going to the Hornady match, I was like, I'm going to run my gun out one more time. And I got up, my flight's going to leave at 10 or 11 in the morning, something like that. So I get up, and I'm trying to get to Justin's by daylight, and I pull up there. I get out of my truck, get my gun ready. No bullets. So pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for bringing that to the table. <laughs> um, so, pretty good segue there. We were talking about saving some ammo in your practice. Uh, one of the questions was, how is the component shortage affecting the sport for this year? I mean, every just about every PRS match this year is filled. 
So he hurt huh. it. It may hurt him towards the end of the year, but it, yeah, I, I think the guys that are pretty serious about going are going to find a way to get components, whether they already had components stocked up or they're just you know have know somebody or still can get stuff at a reasonable price. They're going to keep going. I think it's probably going to affect some of the guys that are more of the um, you know kind of the hobby shooters, the weekend guys that that'll go shoot one day matches. I think a lot of those guys will slow down some. Yeah, I mean. We've talked about the cost a lot, and if you don't have sponsors taking care of travel costs or match fees, things like that, um, if you're getting a hotel, if you're having to do any sort of travel, you're basically in a match for $1,000, um, no matter how you slice it. Um, more depending on where you have to go. And if you, even if you have to pay gun broker prices for some primers and powder, it's only going to end up changing your overall cost by 8 to 10%. So if if that's what you know keep somebody from going to a match they probably weren't going to go to that many anyway um so that's i, I don't think it's going to affect things that much especially if you look at the attendance we've had so far yeah, if you want to go you're going to go you're going to yeah. find a yeah. way i bought some pretty high dollar primers the other day and added it up and it, it was going to cost me twelve dollars and fifty cents for every 200 rounds clay was selling primers twelve dollars and fifty cents for the increase whole, for, increase for the whole of what it normally would have been yeah for 200 yeah. i mean it sounds gross when you look at you know 10 15 20 cents a primer but if you're just breaking it down looking at a match yeah it's it really doesn't change anything are you necessarily going to have a a dozen 200 round practice days no probably not but as far as match shooting i don't think it's going to affect it that much and that goes back to what austin was saying i'll go back and just getting quality practice and you don't have to burn 200 rounds like yeah just, just make it count, man. You get whenever you do that, just focus on every shot. Would you stop taking? Fo- focus, focus up on every shot. Every shot you take, you want you want to make it worth. Clay's hands smell like something. crawfish. Mm-hmm. So do yeah. yours. Yeah, I think we all do. We had a nice crawfish pull tonight. Okay, moving on. Um, ballistics program. What we use. Um, guessing Kestrel, and then what's your sa- second favorite program, and also. What alternatives are there to a kestrel? How do you know his hands smell like crawfish? I can smell it from over here. Oh, okay. he, he brushed my face while ago. <laughs> and, uh, hey, y'all, y'all leave those personal time out of this. All right, next well, question. He had, a, he had a beard hair out of line. I had to get that fixed up. Yeah, you can't be, can't be having those <laughs> um, wild hairs. I, I'm a Ford off guy. I run the app more than anything. Uh, in Nebraska, a couple weeks ago, I ran the Ford off kestrel because I couldn't have my phone out in the rain. But I like the app a lot. It's very user-friendly. You can type in your range so you don't have to sit there and scroll and hope you land on the right number. Um, it's just it's very intuitive. It's much quicker for me filling out dope cards. And ever since I switched to it, I have not had to fight with my dope ever um, at any range, any time. Um, it's just matched up for me perfectly. Um, with that said, my second favorite program would be Applied Ballistics. Um, I used to run the Applied Ballistics Kestrel, um, but when I switched to Ford Off, I just found, especially my long-range dope, just matched better. But on really windy days, I, th- I think I've seen probably the most benefit on how accurate Ford Off is in regards to crosswind jump and you know just the actual value that the wind ends up being. Yeah, yeah I've got both. I've got a Ford Off and a Applied Ballistics Kestrel. And I just got the Ford Off. I've been playing with it, but I've been running a – uh, applied ballistics kestrel until then. No, yeah. I just started running Ford off uh, about halfway through this last year. I ran the app. I don't have Ford off kestrel yet. Um, and so one part of the question was an alternative to a kestrel. Um, that would be one alternative, especially if you're running any type of Hornady bullet because they already have their uh, 
the the bullet profiles and everything in there um one other thing that i use for just kind of random stuff it's fairly cheap it's an app on your phone you can get i just use shooter apps some people use ballistics ae that's all good great and grand but you're not gonna have your weather data from that so you're gonna have to find a way to be able to get your density altitude to to input into those calculators for shots you know anything over five or six hundred yards you're gonna have to have that density altitude so one way or another you're gonna either have to have some type of uh, of a weather meter or geoballistics got geoballistics yeah, yeah geoballistics that. yeah um that's a pretty good affordable ballistic alternative arc is what it's called i think uh, the company's geoballistics it's the app is called ballistic arc yeah but i mean just the meter to get your da oh yeah so so that, that that's an affordable alternative or you know if any anywhere you go shoot somebody's gonna have a kestrel um you know if you got buddies with them you can always just ask what it is and that's typically and put it in those. yeah uh okay so Tate you're running Ford off. Yep I'm running Ford off and if my if my Kestrel goes down I reach in my bag and get my other Kestrel um for backup. So yeah I, I, I still have applied my phone. I still have applied ballistics Kestrel but I've been running the Ford off app. Okay. All right. How do you verify your program or your dope on your rifle? So how do you run your gun out? I shoot my I start so I'll, I'll start at 600 yards um and uh i usually i don't run a chronograph i don't own one <clears throat> anymore so i'll guess a velocity what i think it is and uh shoot at 600 uh trip the velocity there it's usually pretty close and then i'll go to um a thousand and check it there if it's off a little bit i'll tweak to bc um, and then I'll go to 800, make sure it's good there. If it is, I'll go to like four, 400 and check it there. And if it's good, um, it's what it is. Pretty much nails it. I don't know, <clears throat> you know, what's significant about 600 and a thousand. If you only have, you know, 600 to work with, you can pretty much only lock in your um, velocity at 600 so we get that question quite a bit um you know and you'll be really close most most of these matches anymore um don't go past there's only a couple shots past 900 yards where it really comes into play so i pretty much have the same thing my furthest target at my range is 911 so yeah i did the same thing i try to pick three different distances and shoot and just match up my velocity and bc on them <clears throat> until it matches perfectly at all three distances. I, I tell you what, though, um, we haven't really talked about this, so it'll be kind of candid, but uh, my lab radar seems to be money. I hardly ever change it. So I don't know if it's a mindset appropriately. You know, I hear people having variations or whatever. Mine has always been spot on. Like, I could, li I would literally go shoot mine in the dirt at night and trust it. I, I'd never change it. Yeah, I, yeah, mine tracks really well, I too. I don't know. You know, I'm sure – I think most of the problems are – I don't know this, but settings are just being consistent every time. I don't know, but I've had pretty good luck with my lab. I mean, I love mine. Um, I mean, I use it for bazillion different rifles, customer load development. Um, I mean, it's very consistent, but I'm I'm real picky about what I what I send out. So I always, you know, end up doing a little bit of six hundred. But um, I I don't think mine's quite as bang on as what yours is. We should get them all together. Yeah, yeah we should. That'd be cool. I, mine always seems to track really true. I mean, I trust it. I actually shoot a lot over the lab radar. When I shoot 100 yards, usually I set up the lab radar and set it on it because then it just kind of kills two birds with one stone. I know if my um, 
you know, my ES is staying pretty tight when I shoot across it if I need to tweak a load or anything like that. I can do it all right there at 100 yards before I ever even have to run it out. So you know that, one of y'all may know this. I don't know if all of you do, but I actually um, went to the first Hornady Ford Off class that I know of to learn about Ford Off. And Jaden, those guys impressed me so much that I left there just, man, I got to have a, a lab. And basically how they impressed me was, you know, we go back to applied ballistics and Ford Off and stuff like that. And um, I'm not an expert on it, but Ford Off is using actual bullet flight data that they've gathered. And applied ballistics is more of a comparison to um, just a generic uh, standard. And um, they told me they had three lab radars next to their 100 or $120,000 Doppler. And they were all within five feet a second. So I literally left there and just bought one. So that's man. that's that's pretty money there. Um, what Justin said about not having a chronograph. Um, I have one, but for my own personal stuff, I tend to not use it very much because one of two things is going to happen: either it's going to give me pretty numbers, and which is what I expect to see. Or it's going to give me crappy numbers and it's going to sketch me out. Um, even if my gun's hitting the same spot, you see crappy numbers, it's going to make you, you know, second guess what's going on. Um, and so there's really no, not a lot of good that can come from from that before a match. Uh, if you're doing low development, that's that's a different story. But um, the other part of that is if you do low development properly, poor ESs and SDs won't affect how your rifle shoots, and that's probably going to open another can of worms that we don't, you know, probably have time to chat about. But um, I think that's something really important that most people don't do with their load development. Yeah, so this kind of rolls right in the next question we can keep hold talking on, hold about. Hold on, hold on one second. So Clay said something while ago. I just want to touch on it real quick. So he said uh, something about talking about, you know, looking at the laborator, if he sees bad numbers, like doesn't matter if his gun's hammering, right? He sees those bad numbers, he puts that in his head that there's a bad SD or super, you know, high extreme spread. Um, I had a guy, he's actually going to be at this, this JTAC class we're having this weekend. His name is Kyle. I'm going to call him out. And um, <laughs> his name's Kyle. And uh, he was at the range yesterday. And uh, he ran his gun out. And he goes, hey, man, will you shoot this gun? Make sure you think it looks good. I shot it. thing was hammering. And then we get done. And uh, he lays back down. I was like, what are you doing? He was like, oh, I got to check my zero. And I said, Why? He's like, I don't know, because check my zero. And I was like, there's absolutely zero benefit in you checking that zero. You just watch your gun line up all the way out to 1,000, dead on. What are you going to do if it's three-tenths low, right? What, what does that benefit you at all, you know? I was going to throw that in. Like, I'm going to, even though I don't use my lab that much, because we all run the same thing over and over and over, and it's pretty much copy and paste. You know what it's going to be. But I think it is way more important to believe what you're seeing on target than it 100%. is. hundred percent. Yeah. If you if you sure. shoot if you run your gun out to you know whatever distance, and it's hammer and you check your zero and you're two tenths high, you, you're not gonna mess with it. So this all ties into the next question: is what's acceptable groups ESSD for us? Obviously, we don't put a lot of value on ESSD. I I, I still kind of do. I like a low ES. It just makes you feel warm and fuzzy. But it has to, still has to translate to target at distance. And you know, if my gun's shooting good at distance, I don't worry about it. No, I don't, I don't worry about it at all. Um, I uh, <laughs> um, getting fussed at over here, but um, 
I, I don't worry about it. I can show people guns that have ESs that are under five that'll shoot a foot group at a thousand yards, and I can show guns that have a thirty ES and will shoot a two and a half inch group at a thousand yards. Um, it's all just in how the load is developed. So I don't really care so much about what the numbers say. Um, what size foot? <laughs> uh, the you know U.S. standard of measurement a foot, uh, twelve inches. Um, so I, I don't really care about them. It does make you feel nice and warm and fuzzy, but if you set up your gun properly, it, it doesn't matter. And especially for the game that we're we're playing, yeah. we're not trying to shoot you know a three inch X ring at a thousand yards twenty times in a row. You're you know you're shooting one MOA targets on the low side. Very rarely do you go smaller than that, and you've got to have a really inconsistent load to and have your data accurate to miss high or low or a dirty break or a dirty break ask ask justin how he knows figured that one out <clears throat> you know anybody want to buy a break <laughs> <laughs> uh joe came out to the range on uh uh thursday i think it was and joe won't mind me talking about him um so he, he wanted me to help him get his gun lined out like you care Huh? Like you care? Yeah, I wouldn't care. Yeah, I don't care. People. I'm gonna talk about him anyway because I'd say the same thing to their face. Um, Joe came out and you know he wanted me to help him get his gun lined out, and show him how I would uh, get my gun lined out. And uh, he's shooting uh, Federal uh, factory ammo, and he's like, pulls out his Magneto speed, and he's like, "So what are you doing?" He's like, "We're in Chrono these," and I was like, "For what?" It's factory ammo. <laughs> what are you gonna, what are you gonna change? <laughs> what are you gonna do different? <laughs> You're going to keep loading magazines, so put that thing back in the truck and let's shoot. But I thought it was funny. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about zero and shooting our zero earlier. Um, you know, I think all of us are kind of the same anymore. When we get to a match, we very rarely sh shoot the zero board, and when we do, we don't really change our zero. Um, at this stage, I think I base my zero more off of how my dope runs out. Yep, for uh, sure. Shoot, shoot a shorter, shorter range if possible, three, 400 yards. Um, make sure it's good. So if you shoot a short range a mid range and a long range and it's one tenth low at all three ranges likely your zero is one tenth low right yep. so if it's you know one tenth if it's somewhat on at 300 yards and it's a tenth low at 600 and it's two or three tenths low at a thousand way out then you got a velocity more than likely possibly bc but more than likely velocity problem on there um but it's just it's a trend that you see if, if you shoot two or three distances and it's one tenth higher one tenth low or whatever at all the distances then you know it's probably a zero and that happens it happens occasionally during a match um for me i don't change my zero i don't change it in my cut i don't put the offset in my kestrel or ford off i just keep, make a mental note and i know i gotta add one tenth to my dope every time if it's like that now if it's before the match and i'm running my gun out still and i see it i'll go ahead and change my zero run it back out make sure everything's good everything's good okay it didn't really matter what happened at the hundred yard board I don't really care about that. I want to know what it's like at distance. That's why I always volunteer to go first at a match on the first stage. You get that fresh paint and you can check your dome. Except for when you don't get fresh paint. Yeah. Yeah. That's just rude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who would do that. <clears throat> One thing I'll add into that is, you know, if you get to lay down and shoot a 100-yard target board and you're laying from the same spot and you're going to get to run your gun out, um, it's a little different as if you're going to go – walk over 100 yards to zero range and then walk over 200 yards and lay down but i'll always poke a couple in the target and say you're a little bit high on the top of the dot and you run your gun out and you're high probably not going to change it but i'm going to know it tomorrow and you know you see that question do you round up or do you round down well i can't tell you that unless i know what's going on For on sure. the target no, like, there's i mean you can science it to death but 
Um, I'm going to round whichever way I felt like I was high that day. Once I feel like I have a reason to. Yeah. Um, how often do you guys check your dope, make sure everything lines up? I, 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 minutes before I get on the plane. <laughs> yeah, I usually just do right before a match. I mean, it's I, not like I get home after a match and check it. It's usually so, right before. So I if I somewhere. if I'm going to go shoot a PRS match, um, I'm going to shoot. I'm going to run it out on Thursday morning, um, as soon as the sun peaks the sky, and then probably Friday morning, and then I'm going to go to the match. And I'm going to sign in. And I'm not going to shoot zero. I'm not going to shoot anything. I'm just going to. Uh, shoot saturday morning because i i know at you know at the range thursday friday if that thing's hammering running out there's nothing that's going to happen to my rifle between now and then that's going to cause that thing to be off and i don't want to put it in my head you know there might be something funky going on mirage or you know who knows so i normally try not to run it out when i get to the range on friday i mean sometimes if i'm shooting back-to-back matches then my dope checking will have been the last match and like Tate said, we run the same thing over and over and over. It's copy and paste. I'm just trusting that it's going to be the same every time. And so I'll just, you know, get back, work until whatever time. I'll load my ammo last minute and I'll go. It's one of the reasons we run the calibers that we do. For sure. So on that. And the equipment we run. Yeah. On that, um, caliber selection for longer distance and high wind matches. I don't think it makes a single bit of difference to go chasing numbers, you know, shooting a creed more or this or that versus just shoot what you know well um, it's proven that 17 oklahoma was really windy oh man do you think the six five psalms are gonna you know hammer down or whatever every single time a br base cartridge comes out on top no i guess not every time but a vast majority of the time 90 percent of the time yeah so i i used to look at it i would run a creed more sometimes when i thought it was more of a prone longer distance match and higher winds and, and don't get me wrong the creed more shot well but if you actually look at it and break it down shooting the dash or slower i am holding more wind but the difference in wind i have to hold for the high and low winds is virtually the same it's a little bit different you do have a little bit of an edge with the creed board but it's pretty minimal so what i mean is, is if you shoot say a five to ten mile an hour with a creed more you may only be holding you know 0.6 to 0.8 right whereas if you go with a dasher you may be holding uh, one to one, two point two, or something like that. So it's a pretty minimal difference. You're holding more wind, but the variation in the high and low wind is still pretty, pretty close. I don't think there's one consistent top level shooter that has two calibers in his safe and determines which one he's going to shoot when he goes to match. I think he just gets what he's used to, shoots it, comfortable with it. You don't have to worry about time of flight. It kind of just comes naturally to you. You know when to look where and all that kind of stuff. So. I'm going to be, uh, I guess the easiest answer to that would be is I'm going to be running what I normally run no matter what. Yep. Okay, so one of the questions, too, is why are we running so slow? So all of us pretty well are running BR-based cartridges now, and we're all running pretty slow in the 2800s. Slow Slows the game down. Um, Don't speed me up there. Yeah, sorry. Some of, <laughs> some of us are in the 2700s. <laughs> uh, it, it's just easier to see stuff. Um, watching Trace is easier. You get less recoil. And it, it's a game of seeing shots. If you the plate hit, rocks vi- less violently. Yeah, whether you hit or whether you miss, if you don't see where that last bullet went, you're shooting blind. So um, you just you got to gather all the information you can. Yeah, I think it's a combination of that. You you it's a lower recoil. Um, it, the bullet flight is a little bit longer. Which yeah, you give up a little bit on wind for that. But the information that you get off every shot is so valuable 
that you have to be able to see it. And so that longer time of flight gives you more time to see it. And part of, you know, our consistency is that we run stuff slow. We're not pushing stuff to the max. We're not going to be piercing primers, even if we're shooting underwater. Um, so, and we're less likely to have a barrel burn out on us because they last so much longer. Your barrel yeah. burning out at a match isn't a 50 feet a second slowdown. It's a 10 feet a second slowdown. Yes, for sure. So, um, there's just... Don't try to use that excuse, Austin. You just got... Oh, ask Clay. We grew up dumped after. On. Um, but yeah, I mean, typically it's you, you get a lot more life out of all your components all together, except your bullets. You can't really reuse those. Okay, and, and um, if you put them in the dirt. <laughs> there you go. All right, moving on. Um, here's a pretty good one. What mental advice would we give for a mon- a novice shooter? I don't know that I would give mental advice to a novice shooter. I mean, yeah, I to a novice shooter, you need to get out there and be pulling the trigger. Yeah. The best mental mindset advice I would give, and I can't emphasize it enough, is to take 100% shots. Don't get in a rhythm of shooting and feel like you need to pull the trigger at a certain time. Yep. Make sure it's make sure you're holding what you want to hold and your crosshairs are steady where you want it to be before you break that shot every time. Every time. You get in the habit of that. For a novice shooter, you're probably going to time out a lot trying to do that because you're going to be so focused on just getting that perfect shot off every time but that'll all come like clay said get out and shoot practice on that everything will start speeding up and it'll just happen i would say my mental advice to novice shooters go have fun if you're going to be a novice shooter just go have fun with it yeah can't can't make it a job you know you got to be in there because you like because you like to do it yep but on the time thing austin said you're going to be timing a lot as a novice there are still people that time out fairly regularly but a really good shooter we were talking about quinn earlier and he's obviously a stud and he probably you know gave up between five and ten you know shots whether they're going to be hits or not you know nobody knows um at uh the match that we hosted in in early march but he's making sure that every single shot he takes is exactly the shot that he wants to take and that's infinitely more important than getting all your more important yeah than getting your shots off in time yeah you can get all 10 rounds off and get five points or you can get eight shots and eight points you 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 get him you know once he you know speeds up just a little bit it's going to get real scary real quick for for a lot of people i'm not scared of him i'm scared of him i've been beat by him so i'm not scared of him. (laughs) well there's going to be a lot more people get beat by him pretty soon good for him man he's digging yeah just another dangerous okie Another yeah, one. That's all we Another need. One. Growing like weeds. That's all we need is to shoot to have more competition at all our matches. Yeah, because we, we go to. travel together everywhere we no, go. That would be like so. Jay Tequa. <laughs> Jay <J-Tequa. laughs> <laughs> Tequa. <laughs> okay, so a little bit more advice for uh, maybe newer shooters here. What would we have done different if we were able to start over? I would have listened to exactly what Wade said <laughs> instead of taking the bits and pieces I wanted to hear. Um, you know, stick something and, you know, stick with something, go with it. Um, but the people that have done it for a long time, there's a reason that they've done it for a long time, what they're doing works. So listen to the guys that have been around. I would have. That have been successful. That have been yes, successful. For sure. I would have put my cardboard box up for a second mortgage and probably bought all the same equipment that I'm running now that I didn't buy back then. <laughs> so. Yeah. Austin said something to me when I first started. I was ROing my first match, which was the heat stroke, and Austin got fifth or sixth or seventh or something at that match. And I was asking about scopes because I was looking at what I wanted to get. And he said, All I can tell you is save up and buy exactly what you want the first time. Because if you don't, 
you're going to end up selling it for a loss and then buy something else. And then you're going to sell that for a loss and then buy something else. So if you just save and buy what you want the first time around, you're going to be way better off. It's, it's better to wait a few months than to sit there and, and, and go back and forth. Yeah, it's buy once, cry once. You'll just end, your, end up costing yourself more money in the long run, working your way up, getting what you wanted in the first place. We just talked about it earlier. If it means setting at home one or two more matches, it's not going to kill you. Just sit at home, save the money, and get what you want the first time. Yeah. We run what we run because it works, and we figured out what what does work and what doesn't. Man, I watched so much stuff go down at y'all's match. Yeah, it was just gross. Stuff breaking, and I was like, I ain't worried about it. Yeah, and then we turn around and go shoot the the Nebraska match. Miserable. The very next weekend is one hundred percent polar opposite. You know, it was, well, it's chilly here, but windy and dusty in there. It's cold and rainy and muddy, rainy and my stuff still. And it rained. Did I mention that it rained? <laughs> it, it I hope rained. it sure hope it didn't rain there. I think I think it rained. Yeah, my stuff is still covered mud. I actually got all my was trying to get all my gear together to to bring over for the class this weekend and my bags are still caked with mud luckily i strung everything out in my shop floor so it would dry out well you were smarter than i was i you know we got home and i just you know had my backpack still together and i just tossed it in the room i opened it today i've learned my lesson on that you open it and you're is like oh, it was, look at all this mold growing in here no, at least is that why it was out. hanging in the backyard clay Yes, that's exactly oh, what it is. Backing. Okay, if, if anyone wants to go by my house, you could probably collect a backpack with some brass right now. <laughs> I, I laid all my uh, rain gear out. I just threw it in the back of the pickup, stuffing under our rifle cases on the way home. And I just like, I've got a coat strung over one of my loading presses, and I set up my tripod just to hang my coveralls on and stuff, and it's all caked with mud. That's funny. It took me long enough to thaw out after that one. I didn't even want to go out to the loading room for a while. All right, so do we want to hit this looming question? I guess I don't know what the looming question is. 1,000 yards. Oh, I thought you were talking about what Clay uses or what Clay does. Okay, <laughs> 1,000-yard target, yep. one MOA. It's a shot for your life. Who are you choosing and um, why? I mean, I'll, I'll do this one first. Um you know, sorry guys, but uh, I, I'm gonna pick Justin. I've been uh, in a few sticky situations um, with him where he he pulled it out, saved me, um, and I'm just gonna trust that he's gonna keep up to a standard to save me again. Could you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> he, Which part? He, he did what? <laughs> I guess I missed what I said. So. <laughs> I must have said something I didn't realize, but. <laughs> where's that rewind button <laughs> yeah okay um i'll go ahead and go um it's funny clay wasn't here for that question yeah thought about this I, i'm gonna choose tate man he just uh he's pretty calm and cool all the time and got that ice water flowing through his veins i think when it's crunch time like that that's who i'm gonna trust for it um man i'm probably gonna have to pick clay not because he picked me but because <laughs> Every day, just about, he's at my range, annoying me. He's out there shooting nonstop. What uh, if you had to take the shot at another range? Ooh, that's tough. I don't know. I don't know if you saw me at the finale, but I'm probably better at different ranges. Yeah. Um, so, man, you know, Clay, Clay's super um, um, adamant about making sure that his stuff is right. I mean, I mean, obviously, he loads my ammo. He loads, I think, everybody's ammo here at this table. Um, he's very good at what he does, and... Uh, you know, I mean, I don't how, how you I don't know how you make a better wind call than he does. You know, so 
be my pick. Man, I just realized we just crisscrossed, but I'm probably going to pick Austin because he usually tags me along at matches so he can go right after me and I can be his wing guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but really. Um, you know, he's good. He's been there. He's been a field match type guy. Um, nothing against against the other guys. Obviously, Austin's good at everything um, across the board. But um, oh, you're gonna make me blush. <laughs> oh, but uh, you know, he shot behind me at the um, AG Cup. It was like seven spots behind me, but right behind me, I gave him win calls there. No, I'm just just joking, <laughs> <Yeah>. just joking. <laughs> but uh, anywho, nah, that's probably who I'm going with. But I'd probably settle for any of you. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset with any of you guys. No. I'll be real honest with you. Thousand yard went on way. I don't trust anybody. This Man, year. Uh, it don't matter who it is. I but. probably I probably wouldn't call Tate because he wouldn't answer. But <laughs> if he was standing there, yeah, we didn't say we didn't say this. They have to answer the phone. Okay, okay, yeah. If we had to call Tate, it wouldn't be Tate. But if he was standing next to me, I mean, it'd be any of you guys. I can say without a doubt, I'm not calling any one of you guys if it's for, for the life. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty reliable about answering the phone. Do I need uh, to go through my for, call except log? Except for me. Justin just doesn't even keep his phone on him, I don't think. Wait, what? I'm the most reliable answer on my phone. Except on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, you mean? Yeah. Oh. Well, I don't know. Get your kid. facts right. I don't Tate. call him a lot of Thursdays. Anyway. All right, so we touched on and or covered pretty much all of the questions that we uh, had, or the majority of them, anyway. Um, a couple of others in here that just kind of they kind of coerced with what we were already talking about. So, like that. Well, um, I mean, I'll just throw some stuff out there. Um, next match I'm going to is probably going to be Southwind in Kansas. Uh, Beamer puts it on. And for me, that was one of the most fun matches I got to shoot last year. There's no gimmicks. It's wide open. You're getting to, you're getting hit by several different wind angles. You know, just stage to stage. And I think that's something that takes a lot of skill. And I got my butt kicked out there last year. But I'm going back. Sorry. It was a good match. Um, it was a good match minus two targets. Minus two targets. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Those t- didn't it, punish me, but yeah. yeah. It was. I thought it was a great match, too. Yeah. Of course, it's what we it like. Good. To, it was, it's what we like to shoot. Hopefully, uh, weather cooperates in this year. Clay and I will be balling in there. In the airplane. If we're not flying Landing. to that match, I'm revolting. We, yeah. We've said we we're going to fly like four different times already this year, and we've flown nowhere. Yeah, yeah, we've had some issues. But uh, weather pending, we're going to land right there on the ranch next to where we're shooting, where we're staying, taxi ride up there, all baller-like. Even the place where we're staying, it's called the Hangar Suites. Like, yeah, because it's in the Does that mean we're sleeping in the plane? Huh? Does that mean we're sleeping in the plane? Is that how that works? Gosh, I hope not. I'm bringing the green egg and the toy hauler and tablitas. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and some of our rifle tomorrow gear. night. Probably some T-Bones. Mm. I got a bunch of them the other day. We need to have a grill off. It's going to be a great time. Grill off. Actually, you I'm not going cook, to that I'll one. just eat. I don't really I'm need good to. With it. I don't I'm care not, who cooks I'm not going it. to Southland because I'm going to uh, Best of Texas. We're not the same weekend. Weekend after. We're, Sounds we're, like we're doing my daughter's birthday. Mm-hmm. We're doing my daughter's birthday the weekend of Southland. So, so what do we got after that? We got the NRL finale after that. Me and Tate are going to Best in Texas. Tate's hosting that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you guys are going to Best in Texas. Crawfish Bowl. I'm not 100% sure that I'm not going yet. But I'm, I'm tempted mainly because it. of the Crawfish Bowl. Like, eating it tonight yeah, yeah. really got me kind of fired up about going down there just for that. I know. Be easy flight, too. It would. If your plane works. It works. Just weather pending. I mean, I guess y'all can go shoot for second place. That's fine. 
I mean, second's better than 40th. Well, you guys are going to get second, I get first, or what? No, I said y'all will be shooting for second. Mm. Y'all can flip for it, I guess. Depends. You got to get by a couple of stages there. Are you scared? You scared? Y'all already squatted up? Yeah, I'm squatted up. Yeah, they squatted like weeks ago. Yeah, oh, okay. Like, well, we can intervene. We squatted back in December, then. man. What are you doing? December. <laughs> but, um, Austin, do you do anything special to get ready for the NRL finale? Or? Um, yeah, actually, I am. I've got a couple of new barrels I'm going to have to get broken in. So I'm going to actually have to get some ammo loaded, some brass prepped and sized. <sighs> I'm not looking forward to that. I'm just really ready to send you some. Yeah. Something I've talked. Do what? I'm just ready for that alpha brass to come in so I know can it. load it. It's been nice using virgin brass so far this year. Yeah. Um, I haven't had to size any brass, and that's been kind of a dream for me. Um, but I, uh, I've i tossed around doing something for years, and I still haven't done it. And I'm telling myself I'm going to do it, but I know it probably won't happen. I just got um, four barrels in, and it's so tempting to go break them all in with just spare ammo, whatever, and just see if anyone shoots better than the next just to try and eke out a little bit. But, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure I won't actually do it, and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference in them anyway. Hey, but. I just need ammo. Sometimes you can. Well, whether it's even actually the barrel that's shoot, bring one barrel shooting better than another or just the load. But, huh? I mean, I've noticed some barrels shoot better than others. And I'm, they can be chambered at the same time. Where are your barrels? At the same time. Um, I think they're in my garage. Okay. Huh? I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. We need to find three of them. And you throw think them away. you think they're in the backyard? So, with so the he'll other load stuff? ammo. I yeah. hope they're not. In the back. That what, is that what we got to do? Get ammo loaded. Yeah. I need yeah, ammo. He's got I need a lot ammo. Of ammo to load for them. And apparently a break too. I don't. Well, see, um, breaks are coming. Tate hasn't sent me any of his brass, so I can't load him any ammo. I do still have some of his bullets, and I have all his powder. But I need your brass, Justin. I, well, judging I, by your lead time, I'm four months late. What do you want? Am I supposed to shoot a potato? What do you want me to shoot, Clay? <laughs> like, hey, now there's not. Hey, if the components still get hard to do, we can get a p- potato can. We could. And start potato, we can do that. I thought you were beatboxing there for just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's just a little stutter. I'll I'll shoot whatever. I don't. I don't care what I shoot as long as it's accurate. No. I mean, the lead time is pretty gross right now, but I'm I'm trying to get it cut down. Looking at hiring some people, and yeah. my military contracts are are done for now. So now it's just. Full on ketchup mode, assuming yeah. that burger can. So that ammo ordered back in yeah. August. No, nobody called Clay. We need him for just a few months yeah. till June. Well, if you, if you guys get me like five thousand pieces at a time, we'll just knock you out for the year, and we'll be off. Well, just the order five thousand pieces at a time. And the problem is getting it. It's oh. not the ordering it; it's the getting it. Roger. Yeah. So breaking in two barrels, that'll be the majority of my practice for the year. <clears throat> Yeah, put a couple hundred rounds on each. I usually like to. I like to get at least two hundred rounds on each. So let's talk about that while we're on the subject. Um, barrel break in. I know some of you guys don't do a whole lot of anything special. I don't do anything majorly special, but I'll typically take them out and I'll shoot one shot, um, brush it, clean it, make sure it's cleaning up pretty good. Shoot one shot, do it again. Then I'll probably shoot a three shot group, do it one more time, and if, as long as it cleans up pretty good, then I'm pretty well done with that. I'll uh, I'll put some rounds on it. Clay violated my barrel today. I wasn't very happy about it. <laughs> about threw up. You know, it, it. I don't... Anymore, we run the same stuff. We pretty well know what the load's going to be, or I do, in the dasher within, you know, probably two-tenths of a grain of powder. So I don't have to really do a whole lot of load development, but I don't even start much on load development until I get about that 120, 150 rounds on it until it, it, it's good and broke in. I think that's caliber dependent. Um for guys that are shooting hunting calibers um, or doing like the NRL Hunter Series, anything like that, 
Um, from what I've seen, any of the magnums, typically by the time you get 40 to, 40 to 60, um, you're pretty well broken in. Um, and those guns are so expensive to do load development on anyway that you really don't want to be putting a couple of hundred on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if I'm going to a match shooting my BRA, then I typically want a couple hundred on there. Not that I think that I would see any difference after 75 or 100, but it's just a comfort thing. So much about this is confidence and comfort, and you want to be confident in whatever you're doing. So that's kind of what I do there. So typically what I do on nine out of the last 10 barrels is, oh, Marvin at the shop, the guy that runs the mill, I usually screw a suppressor on, and he literally fires about 10 rounds an hour into the dirt out the back door. No lie. <laughs> Which is exactly how I broke in Clay's barrel the week of the finale last year. I was about to ask, No, not the week of the finale. The Thursday before the finale. Yeah. So, <clears throat> true story. It hammered. I hope I can't get arrested for this, but I've actually broken in barrels on the way to a match driving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> not riding, but driving. Yeah, driving. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> or just hay bales. They'll take bullets. I went to the open, what is that called? The Open range. Open range. <clears throat> took a, did I load? I think I took my good scale. But no, it, that's where you I loaded at the, the hotel, hotel and you had a funnel made out of magazine funnel. paper. Yeah, and I forgot my funnel, so I got the HBO um, oh, channel paper. guide. Yeah, channel guide and poured powder in the middle of it and dumped it. <laughs> it was painful. I think you're using the top of a, a Varget canister for your powder cup, too. I was. Yep. And then, you know, what did you do? Lose by one shot? That's by one shot. <laughs> this last barrel, I did exactly what I've always done. And had clay loaded me 500 rounds um i'd burned like 300 of them uh just just shooting because i hadn't shot in like you know eight or nine months so i just wanted to practice and um i don't ever do anything but just shoot i practice 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 to get you know 200 rounds down the barrel and then i check my dope and get my dope lined out and then i go run a match so the first time i barrel any of my barrels have ever had a cleaning rod down them uh clay stuck one down today i actually bought it i actually bought a cleaning rod this last week so i have a cleaning rod again well justin i know <laughs> you felt violated about it's the experience but you know i didn't realize that all i had to do was look at your brake and see that you know a two millimeter bullet wasn't going through that thing let alone a six millimeter bullet yeah it'll cut its way through there it'll be all right <laughs> i guess i probably clean my barrel the most out of any of us huh but you see, you clean your some. Ah, man, I got into a good habit of cleaning about every four or five hundred rounds, um, just because I had a barrel that needed it a few years ago. And then uh, kids came along and broke my cleaning rod, and I just <laughs> decided to run without one last year. Man, I guess you know, I don't clean brakes. You know, I'll just put a new one on there. So, you know, I, Tate, I've Tate, been Tate, that for years. Tate puts a new brake on every every barrel. So every new barrel he puts a new brake on, I'm going to start doing that because I'm lazy and I don't clean stuff. Um, That's a great idea. I mean, I, I've seen even people have issues with it, though. If you clean it and you get some of the carbon loose and you don't get it all off, and then they go put their gun in the gun safe, that carbon can just come right down your barrel. And then you shoot and you've just scarred your barrel and ruined it. So yeah. I, I've seen some negative things from improperly cleaning a brake. So some people are probably a lot better off even doing it that way. Yeah. Um, as far as my cleaning on a barrel, until I ran into a barrel that desperately needed it, and it was too late by the time I caught it, um, I never 
did anything other than just shoot. I mean, I went through 10 plus barrels without ever sticking a cleaning rod down one at any point. And once I had that one, now I'm a little bit you know, more careful just because I don't want to run into a, a situation like that. So it's one, um, of those, one of those instances where it works until it doesn't. Works until it mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. Same thing as running a dash rig, you know, 30, 20. Works every time till it doesn't. I mean, then you, you got to carry an you, extra you, bolt in your pocket. You don't ever clean your uh, cast iron skillet, you know. Got to keep it seasoned. <laughs> so you stuck a cleaner rod down mine. I'm probably gonna lose a thousand rounds on that barrel. So, well, I, you know the way you talk, getting ready for that match. You shot three hundred rounds. I was probably in about two and a half hours. Yeah, I mean two, two and a half. <laughs> Don't matter. Get it, get it nice. And <laughs> no matter. I shoot prefits. Hashtag I shoot prefits. <laughs> you know that's something I guess worth talking about. People have asked me. I don't know if they've asked you guys, but I'm um, shooting prefits. It's the only thing that. But I do. I mean, it just. I didn't it, know you could do anything but shoot a prefit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't know you actually had to send your action I, I anywhere you just, anymore. I thought you just call Wade or Tate and just get a barrel and screw it on. Y'all can't believe how many emails and calls I get saying, "Man, I've been looking at your website. Are these prefits going to work?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't really care if you buy one or not because we're so busy." But yes, they work. Hello, no, no, let's no. move all these bu- golden bullets out of the way <laughs> <laughs> to get. To- <laughs> Man, that's a good point. Um, the last four, at least. Yeah, yeah. The last four at least have been prefit. Yeah, it's so nice. Just I just send Wade barrels and he chambers and he sends them back to me. And I just keep running. I don't ever have to send anything. Either. I know. I don't even. I sent Wade Head barrels and like changes. I'll just randomly get a barrel in the mail. I'm like, what is this? And I, I forgot it and send him a barrel. Yeah. I mean, I toss some action to action sometimes, just depending. Yeah. on those ones on you just got back are that good still from 2017, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. The one I gave to Tate like <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> I, I think I probably had, uh, whew, I don't know, a dozen or so barrels and three or four different actions and switch them back and forth and shoot them and all that other stuff and i've never had to change my seating die or headspace is all the same so. yeah and that's that's something that i i know that i've taken for granted because i don't change my sizing die yeah. um granted i'm hoping not to size any brass this year but I've, i haven't changed my si- sizing die in tens of thousands of rounds yeah you know using different actions different barrels it just makes your life easy. It's an easy button. I mean, it, this game is not easy in the first place, but people make it so much harder than it has to be. If you can just get yourself out of the way and, and make it as easy as possible. Yeah, eliminate all the variables. You know, if you got to worry about a bad chamber job or whatever, get rid of it. Man, Different just, gunsmith. Man. Just this run, this run. last barrel I screwed on, I think it was Josh and Jacoby and Garrett were in the office, and I screwed that sucker on. And I couldn't, I kept asking Caden, I was like, where is my socket for my torque wrench? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, you had to put it somewhere and you couldn't find it. So I got a crescent wrench out of the pickup and just cranked that sucker on the crescent wrench. And they were like, what are you doing? I was like, it's tight enough and it coming off. That's how I always put mine on. I don't ever torque it. I just had to put it in my barrel vise and take the crescent and push a little bit. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's good. That felt pretty good. I'm just going to roll with it. It's German tight. Good and tight. <laughs> yeah, good and tight. Good and snug. Yeah. It's hot tub time. I think it's pretty much hot tub time. You got our... Uh, hot tub time? Yep. Ready for the outro? You got the Backstreet Boys? Um, one thing that we want to touch on a little bit, um, brakes. Uh, probably by the time this uh, comes out, it should be available. They're in production now. Probably. Talk to Andy um, this week. Collars are done um, on the first batch. He said we might be seeing brakes next week um but he said for sure the week after we'd have them in our hands so been a lot of guys asking if they can get them before xyz match um i think there's going to be a lot of a lot of happy people out there 
Very good. Very I'll good. be happy. Me too.